0: Welcome to another amazing episode of Be Open and Authentic with Rohit. Today we have Todd Murphy with us. Uh, Todd is an emerging Australian cricket player who is training to be in in the international level and I'm very sure we'll see Todd in the international arena very soon. So today we'll be learning about Todd's journey so far and we'll be diving deep into the training that all the professional players go through. Uh, which is a lot of hard work because there are a lot of aspects to train right you know physical mental or personal and and the technical skill set and and the strategy and the game awareness there's just a lot of work uh, that uh, each player needs to go through and today we'll be learning about what they do on day-to-day basis so that we all can learn and then take away a few things from 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 the players. Firstly, thank you Todd uh, for your willingness to be on the show and and share your uh, journey and also more details about your training thank you for your time and effort here
1: No no worries at all and um yeah, thank you thank you for having me on I, I appreciate it i um looking forward to the chat
0: And and uh, congrats on the great year so far yeah. you know getting the Victoria contract or and also being named uh, in the cricket uh, I think Australia A team right
1: Yeah so it's sort of this year's um I suppose a lot of things have happened pretty fast, and um, sort of a few things that I didn't expect would happen, but um, yeah, all the opportunities I've got have been, have been really, really awesome to me. And um, yeah, to get the opportunity to go over to Sri Lanka as a part of the Australian base squad, um, be around guys that have played a lot for Australia in different conditions over there, and, and challenge myself against uh, different players in conditions was yeah really beneficial. I think I've taken a lot of confidence out of that coming back to victoria now and i'm um, trying to build off that so, yeah it's been a, been a really good last uh, six months for me and um yeah it's, things just needed to happen it's really nice
0: cool uh, glad you got a, such an international exposure right so what was the major thing that you learned in, in sri lanka or like how are you able to get adjusted to the conditions and uh, what, what are your major uh, takeaways from your first international exposure i guess
1: yeah it was one of those ones that i sort of went over there with not too much about what I was sort of going to be able to get out get out of it and how I sort of go up. Um Being, obviously having played a lot of games in Australia at that stage, I didn't really know what opportunities I'd get over there. But yeah, I think being over there and um, being exposed to different conditions and playing against guys that are really good in those conditions against spin, it's sort of just a lot of little natural variation we be really quick at adapting to and each cricket I think poses different challenges over there and yeah, I think for me it was sort of being able to recognise what it was going to be on each day. But I think probably the main takeaway over there is just accuracy, the ability to put the ball in the same spot over and over again. Um, with the wickets doing a little bit more than they do in Australia, yeah, you're going to be able to be in the game a lot more. So the really other biggest thing for me is just making sure that yeah, the sets of six you're bowling each over were really consistent. And you're giving yourself the best chance. To, um, out of it's
0: cool. Uh, and then I think the the interesting part of it is no matter at in which level of trade you're playing, I think ability to bowl, you know, the same ball over and over again in, in the same place, I think that's that's where the real skill is, right? It's even more important, uh, I think, in the international stage. So, and and how is how is your uh, feeling when you got selected, and and uh, you know when you are meeting with you know some of the international cricketers, maybe for the first time, uh, or maybe you met some of those earlier. But I think being in the squad and traveling with them, how how is how is this feeling?
1: Yeah, it was when I found out that I was um, selected. I was yeah, it was pretty unexpected, and I was a little bit shocked. And, and to a degree, I probably felt like I didn't really deserve to be over there, but yeah, once you sort of get together with everyone and um you're around that environment, you're sort of your natural competitive person skill set takes over and you just you do your best to try and so yeah, being just in that environment around them, you, you sort of you just try and soak up as much as you can and listen to conversations and and speak to guys.
0: Yep, yep. And and, and just just curious to know like how, how did all how did it all start? When when are you introduced to the cricket or or, or like when did you figure out that you want to be the be the professional cricketer?
1: Yeah, as I mentioned at the start, I sort of, I'd always grew up around cricket. Dad, Dad was really heavily involved in cricket back home. And then I had an older brother who also like loved his cricket. So I sort of, being the youngest one, was, was brought up around. And you're probably, yeah, you're, you're trying to compete at that level when they're a bit older and stronger than you. Are. And I always, I did always love cricket, but it probably wasn't until I was 14, 15 that I really thought, okay, this is, at that stage, I was still probably a batter that bowled medium pace. And it really probably wasn't until I was 16 that I changed to bowling off-spin, and my batting sort of took a, a backward step. And when I realized that I had something that potentially was, um, was good enough to, to progress with and um, keep developing, yeah, with that, it sort of um, just kept developing, and I was able to keep going through the grade. And sort of every step up I took, I was able to find my postmark at that level and keep keep competing with, with older guys and um, at a higher stand and then. That sort of just kept evolving to, to sort of where I am now.
0: cool um and and, and I like this transition process like um, so along this process you know did someone do you have some coach who recognized the talent or it's more about yourself it's more that you want to do it yourself or it's you know transition to the or, or make it make it a full time
1: yeah, yeah I always sort of didn't enjoy bowling medium pace, in the net set range. so but I always had the aspiration of playing pretty I think when I did um, sort of start thinking with off-spin bowling, a spin coach called Craig Howard in Australia, who he's done a lot of the national pathway stuff, and he's in Victoria as well. He was sort of the main guy for me that off-spin bowling was something that there was definitely something to work with there. So I think I've got a lot to, um, to thank him for, for having that confidence in me and my own confidence that maybe there was something there that was worth progressing with and it was something that could take me to the next level. So... Yeah, Craig's sort of been the biggest, one of the biggest influencers in my career in a professional sense. And he's sort of been with me since I was 16 and started to where I am now, where he's a, um, he's a coach at Victoria as well. So we're still working at this stage. So, yeah, I was super lucky to come across him and have um, him in my corner. And I think that, yeah, without that, potentially it wouldn't be where it is now.
0: Cool. I'm I'm glad you found such a such a coach or or mentor who can um who recognize them and, and has been supporting you throughout. I think you know if if I see every international player like you know or at least at least that I know of you know Kohli or or any such and they always go back to you know their childhood coach even uh, to get some get guidance or mentorship or they're the ones who really played uh, a major part in in their life and and I'm glad you have such a person in your life as well I think that that's that is the real key
1: yeah I think as well like when when you've had sort of a coach um, from that age and I've got sort of two guys that I always go back to my dad was obviously a massive impact me as well um and then craig and they're sort of the two guys that if there is something playing on my mind that i'll go back to because i think they've probably got the they've got the best understanding of, of me and where i've come from and sort of seen me progress through everything they're the sort of people that you can if you can have them in your corner they're the ones that can really just find those things that are going to help you
0: so just just want to understand how um your cricket career started and um, when did you decide that you want to be that uh... Uh, you know, full-time cricket player and then want to get to the professional level?
1: Yeah. Um, as I mentioned at the start, I've always had the love for cricket and it's always something that I've been captured by and um, always love watching. Um, but it's probably always one of those things that, um, yes, you love it, but you're never sure where it's going to take you. So, um, yeah, there was always like, I grew up around cricket with dad being heavily involved in the local club back home. And um, I always loved going down there to training, being around all the older guys and, playing cricket with my older brother, um, a, lot of, a lot of days in the backyard during summer and that. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think it probably, when you probably didn't get to the stage until I was sort of 15, 16, that you go, okay, this actually could potentially be a reality. And um, after you've been selected in a couple of state teams and um, you've put a couple of good performances on the board there, you think maybe this is something that I can um, take forward. And I think the biggest thing for me was probably when I transitioned from bowling medium pace to off-spin bowling, um, and that was sort of when I was 16. So, um, yeah, that was probably the biggest moment in my career when I look back now and go, that, "That's the best thing I possibly have like could have done." Um, I was always a batter that bowled medium pace, and um, it sort of got to the stage where I never really enjoyed bowling medium pace at training. So I just tinkered with a bit of off spin, and then um, I was really lucky um, to have a, a spin bowling coach called Craig Howard, who's nationally accredited coach in Australia. Um, oh. And a lot of the Australian pathways um, spin bowling stuff who sort of seen me bowling some spin in the nets and, and just mentioned it to me and said that like he really liked what he saw and he thought there was something there to progress with so from that moment um, it's sort of that's taken over my batting and um, yeah it's something that's just kept evolving and I suppose lucky enough that every sort of grade or tournament I've gone through um, and when I've stepped up that I've been, been able to find my level and just keep competing at that level so um and spin sort of evolved from there and um you get more and more confidence in yourself as you go through but um yeah it's probably i not not like one point where i just like i woke up in the morning and went i want to be a professional cricketer i was sort of always in the back of my mind but not until you get to the stage where you're 15 16 you sort of go okay this actually could be could be a possibility and if i do work hard and um do the right things then potentially one day i can make this um make this a reality
0: yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, it is a work in process and I, I'm sure you always had that goal in mind, but, but another curious point that I want to you know touch base on is making the transition from medium pace to the spin. Right. And you were, so were you were more on the batting side before uh, becoming a spinner or because you were bowling medium pace. So what was your strength before transitioning to a spinner?
1: Yeah. I was sort of, always been a sort of a top order batsman um, that bowled sort of just gentle, medium pace, but could be quite effective in underage stuff. But yeah, like it was, I still like still to this day love batting, but yeah, I sort of was something that just, it just happened really. Like it was, it wasn't forced or anything like that. It sort of naturally just evolved that I started bowling a little bit off spin, and someone seen it and liked it. And then from there, it's just continued to progress. And um, yeah. it's been obviously a lot, a lot of time put in because it's, it's quite a, like a nice skill that you have to put a lot of time and effort into and um so yeah from there it's just sort of kept evolving and um I sort of I sort of um yeah the love for Austin Bowling's kept like kept growing and it's something that I've just kept yeah kept really wanting to work at and um I suppose it's one of those ones too that you know you're never going to quite master so you've always got that um yeah in the back of your mind that you just keep you're wanting to improve every day and keep yep. getting better and better so um that's yep. sort of where it started out and um yeah as i said it's been the best thing i could have possibly done for, my, for myself
0: for sure yeah right and, and particularly in australia where um, you're always looking for you know great talented spinners right um and 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 uh, i think ravichandra has gone through a similar journey he was a top order batsman and i think started with a medium pace and eventually evolved to be a spinner and and he's you know one of the best spinners uh, which i get I think, which probably you are on the same path as well, uh, and and also I think another aspect to you know emphasize is the batting, right? Um, I think in the late, particularly in t20s, and with all these um, uh, leagues such as IPL or Big Bash, where uh, even if you are a bowler and and if you are a also a batsman, I think you have a lot more you know chances to be picked up in the team and and the giving you know you'll get a lot more opportunities if you are sort of an all rounder um, yeah. and uh, primarily, and, and if you can bat, um, but we have seen with Ashwin or Jereja um, because they can, they can bat and, you know, change the games, uh, which when you, particularly when you're not expecting, uh, I think, uh, are you, are you planning to be, or I think your role can be that too, right? Or something similar. In the yeah, cricket. yeah.
1: Definitely. I think, I think nowadays it's, it's sort of essential that you, you do more than just one skill, um, you've got to be a sort of a multi-dimensional player. So, um, yeah, that's yeah. something that I sort of always have in the back of my mind and always keep working on my batting because I know how important, um, yeah, it's going to be down the track um, at stages where there's going to be times in, in teams where that's where you can potentially separate yourself from other people. So, um, yeah, batting something that you, I think nowadays you need to be able to do and you can't just rely on being um, an off-spin bowler, especially in the shorter format. Potentially yep. in in red ball cricket that your main skill still takes over, but I think yeah, with white ball cricket and as you mentioned, all the leagues around the world, if you if you want to be successful and um, be playing those tournaments, you have to be able to contribute in more ways than just one.
0: Exactly, yeah, and I think uh, the keyword is you know being a multidimensional player. So where uh, you have to excel at more than one skill, and particularly, and I think is I think cricket got to a point where it is so demanding, uh, right, with all the leagues. So you have to be good at more than one skill and, yeah. and you have to be really good at it, right? You know, with fielding or, or even batting, you know, if you can bat to in a certain position and if you have a certain role, you have to, you know, make up for the role. And, you know, you have to be there and you have to go above and beyond uh, with each and every match. So I think the uh, demanding nature of cricket from each player has, you know, uh, grown a lot over time because, if, you know, if you look back in, in the Ponting or Gangoli era where, you know, fielding is, you know, is okay-ish, uh, at, at particularly on in, in the Indian side, right? So, fielding is okay as long as you can play your role, if you're a batsman, you know, you do your, the best in your role, and if you're a bowler, uh, you know, just do best in your role, and it's, 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 it wasn't the case um until lately that you have to do everything and you have to do everything really well so which is where this training part really comes into picture right because you have to train for it uh day in and day out uh and and all week or probably all year you know if you're an international cricketer so how is your training going or like how how do you train yourself on on day-to-day basis or on a weekly or yearly basis
1: yeah i think touching on that it's sort of Nowadays, there's so much competitiveness with um, with all the players, and people are always trying to separate themselves from others by um, yeah, evolving new skill sets and that. So yeah, it's crucial that you're not just um, happy with where you are, and you're always looking to continue to get better. So um, and I think that's where you're mentioning now the training aspect comes into it um, with the opportunities you have, and um, yeah, it is a, it's a day to day process where you, you're trying to get better each day and um, looking to take something out of each each session to. Um, to improve your all-round skill set so yeah for us a normal training week might look like you're training sort of four out of the five days with one day off and um, each day potentially looks a little bit different to, to the next one but there's always a really um, specific I suppose plan in place each training session whether it's yeah strength based um, running based, or skill based um, okay. that what when you're sort of when you're in that um, moment and, and performing that skill that you're yeah, you're really um, trying to maximise your, your output and, um, yeah, get as much out of yourself as you can because you know that by doing that, you're giving yourself the best chance to continuously improve.
0: Uh, so how many hours do you spend on a uh, day uh, in, in the training sessions?
1: Yeah, and that's like every day can can change in that as well. Mm. Um, some days longer than others. But I think from a from a, um, like a standard training day, you might sort of have an hour in the gym um, where you're sort of performing some movements to that are specific to cricket and um, helping your strength-based stuff. And then depending on the, the length of the training session, you might have some running top-up stuff outside of that um, just to continue to build that base. But then the actual skill component, you're probably looking at two to three hours where you're, you're getting your bowling volume in, um, you're hitting balls and, and trying to continue your batting. And then you're also out in the field um Probably thirty to forty minutes, um, doing specific drills to to try and um better your fielding as well. So, yeah, any any day can can differ, but um, you're probably looking at sort of yeah three to four hours on a normal training day of high intensity stuff, and then there's probably some other stuff around that where it's a bit um bit less demanding um, and you're sort of just trying to understand a bit up a bit more stuff.
0: Yeah, gotcha. yeah. So it's it's more like uh five hours of a dedicated like I mean real intense training, and and uh i I've, I've been reading that international players also do training by themselves off the track. So do, do you do such thing? I know, know five hours is already a lot, particularly if it's high intensity. Yeah. So do you still work out of the those hours?
1: Yeah, I think there's definitely time where you have to. Um, same thing. You sort of know that everyone, when you're around sort of this, this training session, everyone's doing the same thing. So to sort of separate yourself, you want to be trying to put a little bit more time and effort into other things. So um, yeah, there's definitely times throughout the year, and it won't be every week, it won't be every day, but um, there's definitely times where you might feel that you, you need a little bit more of something else and that's where off your own back you'll go um, and, yeah, and do something outside of the structured session um, just to try and get that, I suppose, competitive edge on other people and, and try to and make sure that you keep progressing yourself um, and hopefully at a, at a faster rate than others.
0: You know, you got, you got in such an you know, international exposure at an early age. So which can also add, you know, pressure, uh, you know, because I've seen or heard and learned about some people where, you know, you bring them to the international uh, uh, arena or the level of cricket and they take pressure. or if they don't learn faster, you know, we don't see them in the international game. So I think at your stage, it's even more important just to um, learn and, you know, uh, or get used to the uh, training sessions or, or the situations much faster. Or at a faster rate than many others.
1: Yeah. So in the, the more situations you can put yourself in where you're, I suppose, uncomfortable as well, and um, and you have to sort of force yourself to learn, then the better you're going to be as well with that um around it.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, force yourself to be in you know in all the situations that you will be in throughout your career in at much early stages, so that you'll get uh, used to it and you learn from it, right? Definitely, yeah. And I also want to get a little bit, you know, into technicalities of the training, right? Because, you know, in in international level, it's not just the technical part of the game that matters. It's also, uh, you know, the physical or the mental uh, aspect of it. But end of the day, you know, you are, uh, I think, even evaluated more by technical skill set. How much time do you put on, you know, each of these aspects or, uh, you know, or when we just take about the technical, you know, skill set of the uh, training session so how do you how do you approach it because you know it's it's about bowling the same thing or getting better with the accuracy or the precision you know on day, day by day basis but uh, again you also have to look at all angles of the uh, bowling right so how do you how do you approach the session or what all you do in the technical uh, skill set session
1: yeah there's i'll go through a few different phases um but with training um sessions and there'll be time where um, I suppose, put more emphasis on my technical um, side of bowling. And then there'll, there'll be other times where I've got a bigger emphasis on just competing against the batter at the other end and trying to really get in the contest and, um, and win a battle there. But I think from a technical point of view, um, you're always, yeah, you're looking at you sort of each bowler might have their own individual blueprint um, of what they do and, and what they do well. And um, in those technical sessions, you're just trying to reinforce that and, Um, yeah fine release points um, movement patterns and I suppose yeah release angles and that that maximise your skill set and your ability Um, so that's sort of the few things i focus on um, in my um, yeah skill based training stuff and then if I switch over just to competing against the batter at the other end and um, getting in a battle then I'll sort of not forget about that completely but sort of have that less um, in my mind and just really try and Read what the battle is going to try and do, and get cues off them, and um, and try and win that battle. So, yeah, there's definitely time throughout the um sessions where you go in between both, um, but there's still massive yeah emphasis on on both to a degree.
0: Just coming uh, back to the technical training, right? I was, you know, you were talking about the release points or uh, or a few few other things. You know, can you give a little more details into what all you do? For example, if you're struggling with maybe the release point, uh, you know, yep. do you how? So do you take a session to practice it, uh, you know, throughout the session or or like how how do you approach the things that you're struggling at or want to improve on?
1: Yeah, I think that's where you probably go back to, where you have to do a bit more stuff outside the structured session. Mm. Um, so yeah, for me, it probably starts with I like to go from sort of a one or two step um, run up and, and slow everything down to make sure that um, everything's aligned and, and everything's going towards the target. And then, from there as you feel more and more comfortable i suppose you build back up to your back towards your, your normal run up and um and sort of progress through those stages but yeah i, I quite like doing some stuff off like a standing start or off one or two steps um, where you can sort of slow everything down and really be conscious of um yeah where everything's sort of going and and where where you're releasing from and your angles of your body and all that sort of stuff and then yeah as you feel more confident of that you might Bring it back a little bit and get a bit more faster through it and then um yeah when you when you feel comfortable that that's when you might step back into the nets and go yeah i'm ready to compete again um but yeah i think it's massive to be able to, to recognize when you, you might need that extra 15 20 minutes or half an hour um before the session to go now i really want to nail my just fundamental stuff here um before going in there and competing
0: gotcha makes sense so it, it's more about you know um practicing before the practice right, or, or getting yourself into into the game or into the zone before the practice yeah. session. That, that's, that's cool. That's, that's good to know. So, and, and, uh, I'm, I'm always curious to ask, right, because, uh, as a spinner, you, you, you have to be innovative in certain, at certain times, or uh, and you also have to have, you know, have to have those, um, extra or like those balls, you know, where you can, um, completely deceive the batsman for example uh, a bit googly or a carom ball in like what ashwin does um, so like how do you practice those or, or and are, are you have been have you been practicing those or do you have one such magic ball in in your armory right now or or are you trying to uh, get get to that stage so
1: yeah definitely i think you're always looking at ways to to sort of get better um and add things to to what you do so um and more like these days with white ball cricket, I think you you can't rely on just bowling the same ball every ball anymore. Batters sort of past that stage where they can line you up and, and get on top of you. So um yeah, I'm I've started to bowl a carom ball. Um I think it's really important to sort of have one that can go the other way. Um and just try and yeah have that um in the batsman's mind as well. So that sort of starts from similar to your, to your normal stuff as well. That starts off a really slow build up of just of one or two steps and trying to work out your release points and your release angles and what finger you want to push it off and all that. And then as you sort of get more and more control, you're, you're more confident to, to come back. And and then there'll be times in the net sessions where you you might go, okay, I'm just going to try it now. And if it doesn't work and it's a full toss or if it's a half track, and that that's okay. That's all part of it. Um, but you're getting that competitive um, training in. And, and then when you do, I suppose, um, progress it to the stage where you're confident of bowling it in the nets and you build off that... And that's where it can evolve to, to being a really, yeah, important part of your your bowling um, come game time, especially in white ball cricket. So yeah, I think you got to always look at adding new things to, to what you do and um, never being content with this is what I've got and this is all I'm ever going to have and this will be enough because batters are always looking to add new shots to their game. So you need to be looking to, yeah, to keep progressing what you do as well.
0: Exactly. And, and I think uh, the emphasis on practice of a new ball is is very very uh, crucial all right um and and uh and and just i just want to understand like what what are your your magic balls here uh just just not trying to reveal your secrets here but just want to understand what are the things that you try to bowl differently than the regular regular house spin
1: yeah sort of it all i suppose um evolved from your wrist position and um where the where the ball comes out of the hand but yeah for me i like to sort of um, just rotate my wrists around, and um, each different angle will sort of have a different um pace behind it, I suppose. And um, so yeah, I've got sort of a stock off spin ball, and then um, more of a square spin ball that might be more effective in, in subcontinent conditions where the wickets are a little bit drier and a, um, a little bit more spin friendly. And then an arm ball, which which you try and swing with a newer ball um at, at a probably a bit faster pace as well to to add something different. Um, yeah, cross-seam ball that might have a little bit more bounce or might shoot a little bit low, just a bit more natural variation off the wicket. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, as I spoke about before, the, the current ball that I'm that I'm working on um, at the moment, and probably it's not at a stage where I'll be confident of bowling at every ball, but, um, yeah, it's continuously getting better and better. So um, they're probably the four or five balls at the moment that I'm most confident in bowling, but you're always looking at, at different things to add to that as well.
0: Gotcha. I mean, I think for still four or five variations that you are, you know, that you are already at is, is uh, still, uh, is a big win, um, right? I think it will be very handy, you know, if you, if you're uh, selected for, you know, um, for the conditions like Sri Lanka or India, right? So I think uh, those will be uh, really, really handy. Cool. And I also want to get into, you know, this, this mental aspect of the cricket, right? Because it's, it's um, as much as, uh, you know, technical game it is, i mean once you are uh, once you reach to a certain stage it's all it's all the mental game right know how do you strategize you know when you are in the game or even off the game you know how do you maintain that confidence or how do you handle these fluctuations so yeah. what what are the, I, i'm just trying to understand what are the things that you go through um in the training to make sure that you maintain that level of uh you know stability or the thought process um either be in the training session or or in the game
1: yeah no it's a really it's a really good question um and I think you you sort of nailed it with like you get to a stage where everyone's sort of really highly skilled um so yeah the mental um ability sort of can help in a way to, to add something else to you as well um but I think yeah it sort of starts with with training and all that sort of stuff you go through different scenarios where you can you can build up mental mental strength and you might have days where you don't bowl so well and you might have days where you bowl really well but um it's probably not about like getting getting too high with when you're bowling well and then not getting too flat when you don't bowl well um yeah. and then when it comes I suppose to a to a game day you sort of you've done all your analysis on the opposition and um you sort of know how a bad is going to try and play you and and all that sort of stuff. You've got all the information, you know how you're going to try and execute it, but there's also going to be days where the batsman might just be too good for you and you might not execute your skill set. And that's okay as well. Cause that, that's all part of it. And just being able to deal with that. And yeah, I think when you, as especially as a spinner, you're going to have days where, where batsmen hit you um, for sixes and, and you got to be able to just, just deal with that and go, yep, yeah, that's happened. He was too good for me today, but I know I went, I did all the right processes and I did as much as I could. Um, and yet today he was too good. But I know next time if I get up if I face him again, then I'm still going to be um, in the contest and and be able to back myself into yeah to be able to win that battle. So I think it's yeah. about yeah as I mentioned before, never getting too too high when you're going well, and then never getting too low when you don't have a good day. Because um, when you play a lot of cricket, it does there's a lot of fluctuations, and you're never going to have a good day every day. So you, you can't expect to.
0: I agree. Not not being hard on yourself uh, when you're losses, I think is very very important, right? Um, and then I think the other part that you mentioned, um, you know, some days batsmen can be too good for you, but again, if you also look at or, or even if there's a hitting few sixes, you know, that might be okay, uh, you know, if you look at the bigger picture. Yeah. But if you look in the T20s or in the you know leagues like Big Bash or IPL, right? Uh, you know, how do you for, you know I'm I'm always amazed you know, seeing Chahal or someone uh, who can, you know, again, go after the batsman even after, you know, they hit a couple of success, right? Because, you know, how how do you train or how do you make sure that it is not getting into your head? Because once you bowl a bad ball or once you, you know, got it for a couple of boundaries, you have, you know, immediately get into the pressure or at least, I mean, that's, that's the natural tendency. But how do you make sure that, how do you reset yourself after each and every ball? You know, it, with each game, I think we have, you know, little time to think, process it. Yeah. right uh, but but with you know within the game itself you know how do you um, quickly reset and 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 again go for the attack
1: yeah it's really it's a really tough one as well and it's probably no one way that everyone does it um it's probably more individual but i think the way i sort of look at it is you, you go back to sort of understanding what your role is within a team and um as you mentioned chahal like as a, as a leg spinner his his main role i'm guessing without knowing would be to be a wicket-taker through those middle overs in T20 cricket because um, everyone knows the importance of taking a wicket. So if you do get hit for a six or, or two sixes in a row, you still know that your job in, in that scenario is still to find a way to get a breakthrough. So, um, and that's where the, everything I suppose you've you've gone before that you've done, um, whether it be training or whether it be games before that, that you know that your best is going to be good enough to, to still get this guy out and you, you've got to believe in that. Um, and keep going back to your best ball in that in that situation that you know you can deliver what the team needs. So I think it's probably more um, just positive self talk out there and go and just keep reiterating what you're there to do and and what the best way for you to do that is without doubting yourself too much.
0: So yeah, two things uh, that that I learned is right, you know, don't doubt yourself too much. It's okay or or back yourself up, which is very crucial. Uh, i think particularly in the in the international stages right and and also understanding the role is is very key as well because uh, and i can see why because you know as a spinner in particularly in, in leagues uh, t20 games you got to take wickets and obviously they're going to you know it's a, the role for the batsman is the same right you know they have to hit so that's their role. So it might be okay if if you get hit for you know a couple of sixes or the boundaries, even in pressure situations, but getting back to the normalcy or you know understanding that hey it's fine it is sort of expected but you know I still need to go for the attack. I think you need to really understand or or get into the role. I think that that's that's the key uh, is whatever right.
1: Yeah, d- right. And I think sort of sometimes in t20 cricket you've got the ability you know what their plan is going to be so um just about countering that and yeah going back to your best stuff that you think might work for that situation
0: yep totally makes sense so and and also apart from the trainings so or putting yourself in the scenarios uh during sessions you know in the in this sort of pressure scenarios do you do you know anything in particular or like such as meditation or, or yoga or like or things like that just to maintain that um mental health um no not not as
1: such There's there's times of the year where you might do um a couple of those things just within and around training but i don't like i don't usually do that outside of cricket i don't um i've never really done that massively but i think it's i think it's just different ways people find of, of being able to switch off and for some people that might be that might be yoga or some of that, but like for me, I know within myself that like going for a walk on the beach or something like that, that could be just as good for me with, with some music playing. So um, I think everyone has different ways of, of being able to relax. Um, So I suppose just identifying what that is and um, yeah, knowing that within yourself.
0: Agreed. So yeah, it's, it's totally uh, different for each person. I think maybe it's, it's maybe for me, it's meditation, which is probably the reason I mentioned meditation, but normally as long as you find a way to reset yourself, um, and, and like going for a walk on the beach, which is, which is always cool. And, uh, you know, just also want to understand a little bit of what the, about the physical training here. So sometimes, you know, it is, it's just not easy to have that, um, uh, or, you know, to have the training figured out because even the physical fitness, you know, or the training varies for each person yeah. because, you know, I've seen some guys where they do extensive training and with some other, some other cricketers, you know, they don't focus much on the physical or aspects I mean they do do the physical fitness you know for example if you look at Kohli is full-time into it but yeah. you know I, I can't mention other names uh, yet but you know there are cricketers who don't take that to that extent so how do you you know how do you go about it normally
1: yeah I've I've put a massive emphasis on it I think it's it's another way you can um I suppose separate yourself or better yourself from other people um but you're right. Like every everyone's different, and um, some people yeah put um more emphasis on just pure skill-based training and don't think that they need as much as the fitness stuff as others. Um, whereas yeah, personally for me, I like to um try and make sure that I've sort of got everything um up to a high standard where I can. I'm really con- um yeah confident that everything everything's going well, and I think fitness for me, um, in that plays a massive role and. I think that the stronger you can be and the fitter you can be, um, it's only going to help you, especially in the longer form of cricket where you've got to continuously back up day after day after day and and bowl along sort of spells that having that sort of fitness and strength in your legs particularly is, yeah, really important. So um, everyone's different when it comes to it, but yeah, me personally, I I, I put a quite high emphasis on it and it's something I actually really enjoy doing as well. So I think that plays a big role because if you don't, enjoy the fitness per such or gym per such, then it's sort of, it's hard to make yourself do it. But um, yeah, I think when you do enjoy it, um, you do put more of an emphasis on it and you know it can help you down the track.
0: Cool. Yeah, and I'm glad. I'm glad you really enjoyed it because uh, I think that also helps with our you know mental process, right? In a sense, you know, we don't have to you know we have one less thing to worry about. You know, we are fit. It's it's more about you know how do you think about the game or how do you approach it rather than you know uh can I bowl next or 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 after bowling thirty overs or you know can I bowl another over? You you don't have to think twice on on the, on the you know uh. <laughs> the physical aspect you know if you if you really maintain or if you're really good at it cool uh th- thanks thanks for sharing it so you know since, since we were discussing about about the mindset uh, right, uh, or, or the mental health and, and the physical fitness uh, you know which are the things that we do of the game um, but but want to you know understand how what's your mindset during the games particularly during those intense games right do you constantly assess the uh, situations or do you uh like how how do you go? In in the match in the in the regular games,
1: yeah, it's a great question, and it can happen differently for different games as well. Because you've sort of got T twenty cricket, everything happens really fast, so it's quite sometimes it's quite challenging to sort of recognise what's going on and try and adapt with it in that moment. And I think it's sort of T twenty cricket; it's like four by ball is really important, and that can be the difference in game. So yeah, in between balls to recognise and understand what's going to happen or what's yeah what the trend is here can be quite challenging, and sometimes it's about just trying to slow yourself down and not get rushed and not just keep going faster and faster and faster when you feel like you're under pressure but just take a step back and and try and allow yourself that extra second or two to to recognize what might happen here um but then the longer format stuff you've got you've got more time i suppose to um to be able to think, think your way through situations and you might have um times where you can try a few different tactics to different batters if they've been batting for a while and different field positions and that but yeah it's sort of i don't think ever Every two games is the same. I think every every match has a unique situation or, or in, yeah a unique play you're playing against where, where different thoughts is, um, are going to come into it and you're going to have different ideas thrown to you by different people um, out there and what people think might work best on this particular pitch or against this particular batsman. So, yeah, I think the best players are just able to recognise what the conditions are um, and what their best, I suppose, sort of skill set's going to be for that particular day and it might change yeah, from wicket to wicket or batsman to batsman and never being just adamant that, no, nah, this is what I do, this is all I'm going to do. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You've got to be willing to, yeah, to change it up throughout the game to, to try and make sure that you give yourself the best chance.
0: Oh, yeah, makes sense. You know, just trying to understand the scenarios, conditions and, and all the things and being able to take a step back at times or when needed, I think is the key because it's, I mean, at least, you know, in the endovers or, you uh, in the in the in the pressure games it's so easy to be consumed by the pressure or you know consumed by the game that we don't really plan or or take that you know a moment for ourselves before we reset right i think taking a step back here is the key um and thanks for sharing it particularly in t20s right Uh, or maybe in in the test matches where you really have to take those wickets uh, to win the game so do do you experience nerves or uh and the pressure like how, how do you normally deal with it
1: yeah definitely i think sort of no matter what it is you're playing you're always a bit nervous or anxious before the start of the game um and it's probably not until you've you've bowled a couple of overs and you're in the contest that yeah that sort of settles down but um yeah i think it's sort of each game it's about just embracing that and um understanding that it's a good thing to have them um and then yeah just try and make sure that you while you're nervous and and a bit anxious you're not forgetting about what you're doing and what your strengths are and um and all that sort of stuff and just trying to slow it down to um yeah to make sure that you're giving yourself the best chance of, of doing well in that situation and not being overawed by it and Sort of try and take the outside factors out of it and just um yeah go back to your what you do well and um yeah and, and go from there.
0: Well yeah I think I think all I've been hearing is you know stick to the basics or you know take a step back you know understand the game and, and back yourself up.
1: Yeah cool. definitely.
0: And I want to switch gears here a little bit uh, and also uh, but before we do so you know want to understand how you go about the nutrition because you know fitness is important you know physical or mental or, or the technical skills that is important but I also realize that nutrition is very key part of the physical fitness or or yeah. or you know what you do you know before or after the game or during the games also also matters a lot so how, how do you normally plan it and go about it
1: yeah um i don't like i'm not set on a structured diet or anything like that but i'm always sort of conscious on what sort of i'm putting in my body and at what stage that might be um and in different yeah different um stages of the year or different um matches might mean different things but i think Especially four day cricket to to make sure that you're um topping up, I suppose, your energy and your um all that sort of stuff throughout the day and after the day's plays massive. And if you're not doing that right, then you're you're gonna come back the next morning feeling sluggish and um not giving your best yourself the best chance of, of being able to back up. But yeah, I think there's there's it's massive um to make sure that at the right time you're putting everything you can into that sort of side of it, but also having times where you can you can go and enjoy a nice meal out and not feel guilty about it either so yeah, it's, it, yeah i think you got to have the balance with it and um for me anyway i know if, if it's too regimented and structured then it might drive you a bit mad but you got to understand where the right times are to, to make sure that you're you're doing the right things um through your nutrition and then other times where you can sort of treat yourself a little bit
0: yep yeah, totally makes sense and and do you have do you have any nutrition plan that you follow or it's more on an ad hoc basis because i think i mean when you're when you're a, as a professional player i learn that you normally can work with nutritionists or or experts who can give you that plan do you you follow one plan
1: definitely yeah we've got um a nutritionist that we work with and sort of throughout the pre-season when you're trying to um build a bit more muscle you're probably eating uh, or eating and drinking a bit more protein sort of start of it and then as the season um comes into it you probably a bit more high emphasis on carbs and making sure you're replenishing that sort of side of it so you can recover better um but there's no one set yeah structure of um habits but just making sure you have balanced meals and and getting the right sort of nutrition into your body that's going to help you
0: so who is who is your uh this one understand who is your favorite international uh player or who is you you know do you have any uh, you know idol that you follow or want to be you know that yeah
1: um Good question. I've never sort of had just one person that I've always absolutely thought enough, but I think as it's sort of gone on, um, Nathan Lyon's probably been the one that you can, you sort of can see some, um, like similarities and that's what you sort of aspire to be like. So that's he's probably the one that I'll take the most interest in and, and watch the most because, um, you can sort of learn the most out of. And, um, so that's what you're aspiring to be. So, um, Yeah, I think over the last sort of four or five years, I've sort of grown to just love what he does and really appreciate how good he is because I know how hard the skill set can be. Um, For him to be so successful, Um, yeah, day in, day out in different conditions, it's sort of something that, yeah, it really takes you back and you understand how hard it is and how how good he is at it. Um, um, Yeah, around the world, there's, I love watching all the T20 stuff and um, there's a lot of exciting players out there that. I suppose you probably get jealous of the Cameron Greens and that. That's, but he's six foot ten and can hit it, hundred and ten meters and bowl one hundred and forty k. So guys like that, that sort of yeah. get a bit jealous of, and you wish it was you. But um, I know. yeah, I think probably the main ones is Nathan Lyon. But um, yeah, there's sort of a lot of other guys that you watch, and as you mentioned before, Ashwin, um, Jadeja. I think you can you can sort of pick up little things from all those sort of guys and, um, just understand how they've been so successful and what they do well in different conditions. So
0: yeah.
1: always, I suppose, have an eye out for spinners, um, just to see if you can pick up little things here and there. So yeah, they're probably the main ones. Yeah.
0: That makes sense. Cool. Uh, and, and I was, I was expecting uh, that you would, you would go with Nathan Lane or Shen One, but I think Nathan yeah. Lane makes sense because, uh, of, you know, he's off spinner and and he's, he's currently the best, best one in Australia yeah so cool who is who is your you know favorite batsman um in, in the world and and this and the follow-up question to that is you know how do you you know who who is who do you think is the batsman that will be super challenging for you to bowl for example if you look at um you know uh, Virendra or, or Gilkist or you know who can just smash you from you know ball one yeah right like you know do you have do you have any batsmen that you are like okay you know how to think twice before bowling, like, uh, do, you, do you have any, any particular matchments that you really want to bowl to?
1: Um, I think, yeah, I suppose throughout my short career, Josh Phillips has probably been the hardest one in Australia um, with just how, I suppose, through um, 360 degrees he can play and um, how powerful they are as well sort of puts you under a bit more pressure when they can hit the ball anywhere around the ground. Um, that's where, you know, I suppose, you start to doubt yourself a little bit when you've got guys that can reverse sweep your sweep you, or okay. run down the wicket and hit you back over your head for six. So they're probably the hardest ones to bowl to. Um but yeah, like T twenty cricket nowadays, I don't think I'd like to bowl to Tim David and um guys like that, Mitch Marsh, that can sort of just stand there and just they're so big and strong <laughs> right. they can just they can hit you from anywhere. And um even their mid hits these days go over the fence for six. So it's it's quite scary, yeah. but it's also it's also all part of the challenge, and you know that if you can, if you are playing against those guys, and you, you can get them out, of it's massive in the context of the game.
0: Yeah. Then how do you think you'll how do you think you'll approach? For example, let's say you want to bowl to Tim David. Uh, you know, yeah, I know. I think, I think you need more, much more data to answer it properly, but just just want to understand your thought yeah, process.
1: Yeah. yeah obviously, it, it all comes like a um, ground dimensions and all that plays a role in how you'd approach it. But I think for a guy that that has the ability to stand there and hit you for six. Um, from a, like all different lengths, I think it's about just mixing your pace and your angles and your line to them. Because if you if you do bowl sort of the same two or three balls in a row, they're just they're too good these days, and it's going to line you up. So I think it, you sort of mix mix and match your pace and um, your length that to them, and potentially have the risk of I'm going to bowl this one a little bit slower, and it might not work. But it's also maybe this is the best chance for me to get him out. Um, yeah. And as we spoke about before, they get you for six, but if you can get them out next ball, that's still a win for you. So um, okay. I think that's the challenge is just trying to yeah mix and take the risk to get them out.
0: Uh, yeah, totally makes sense. You I mean, uh, know, mixing you know mixing it up or or uh, just trying to vary those angles because if you you know I was watching one of the interviews of Ashwin, how he approaches bowling to you know Virat Kohli. So, you know, normally Seva is pretty good at spin and putting last spin, he can just <laughs> whack you anywhere. So uh, Ashwin's yeah. strategy was to bowl the worst ball that he can bowl <laughs> so that, you know, <laughs> Sehwag, you know, because if you bowl any good balls, you know, he probably played, played that, right? Yeah. Or he knows how to play those, you know, just bowl the worst ball that you can bowl. And probably, yeah. <laughs> you know, he, that's where he can probably make the mistake. Yeah. So I think, yeah. I think Ashwin got, uh, you know, him out, uh, Sehwag out multiple times in the, in the team. Already,
1: so. <laughs> a good theory, I might to put that on board.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, that, that was very uh, funny and interesting to watch. So and and uh, and I also want to talk about you know your thoughts about playing in India or or you know who, what who, who are the players that you will be looking forward to bowl to?
1: Yeah, I've had actually a little bit of exposure. I've been to, to India twice now, um, just as a part of some development tours. So it's been yeah it's been awesome to be over there and I suppose get a feel for conditions. Um, nice. And that's another challenge in itself. The Indian guys are obviously well renowned of playing spin bowling really well. Um so yeah, I think you sort of you look at, at their whole batting order now and obviously Virat's the one that stands out, but um they're just so well rounded against spin and um they've got so much power as well that they play their own conditions really well. It's I don't think who, who you who bowl to is easy. Um it's yeah. always gonna be challenging. Um but like as we spoke about before, I think it goes back to just being consistent um in four day cricket and bowling good balls and, and making them hit your best balls and if they have a day where they get on top of you when you all your best stuff and you, you can live with that and but if you go away from that and you get and you get beaten that's when you probably get a little bit annoyed with yourself so yeah yeah i think that's the main thing for me
0: i uh, agree that totally makes sense uh, do, you have, do you have any any particular player in mind or it's, it's uh, that you really want to you know get out because normally if you're if you're you know debuting a game uh, or yeah. if you're going into those conditions for example getting Kohli out will be the biggest Thing for any player normally um yeah, in, in india I, i'm sure it's the same in australia as well bit, you know I, I give you know all these you know indian name, player names because that i'm most familiar with Ex- yeah. excuse me for, for that but um do you have any you know sort of players that you really want to you know go against and compete and win win this context
1: i think i think virat would definitely be number one um yeah. but then like someone like Shubman Gill or um some of that that's coming through that um so you can see how good he's going to be. That'd be something that like would really excite you, and um, you'd enjoy that challenge of bowling against a guy like that. Um, and then probably Brisbane Pan as well, um, just with the power and you sort of you know how hard he's going to come at you. Um, yep. that's another challenge in itself. But I think that's sort of that's what excites you, and that's what you you look forward to in games.
0: Exactly. You know that's a challenge, but that's also the opportunity, right?
1: Exactly right. Yeah.
0: Cool. So I think, you know, you know, this is sort of replicating one of those, you know, awesome games games that I watched or, you know, uh, where uh, Sachin, you know, uh, was in a scenario where he had to bowl and defend, I think, five or six runs against South Africa in in, in 93. So, but I think, you know, six runs was, you know, a bit, I think two defense six runs is really challenging these days because uh, I think batting has gone up so much back since then. So, if you are given, it, you know, if you come across a situation of, you know, defending twelve runs in in a, you know, either t twenty or two fifty uh, in in the death overs, and you have a good middle order batsman in the crease, so yeah. and and they're probably good at spin, and the condition, let's say conditions are also supporting, you know, spin bowling there. So, I just just want to understand how you would break um the scenario, or how do you think and you know strategize for for that particular scenario, of defending, you know, twelve runs. In in
1: T20 T50. Yeah, I think you'd sort of you'd probably recognise out of the two batsmen which one you'd like to bowl to more than the other, and there might be a, a situation where I suppose no matchups great for you, but if there's one that you might think in your favour a little bit more than the other, then you probably sequence you over around that a little bit, and um if that means trying to um just bowl a ball that you know is going to get hit for one off the guy that you don't really want to bowl to to have. The opportunity to bowl the other guy for a little bit longer. Then I think that's how you'd go with to start with, um, and then from there you'd probably, yeah, it would have depended on the situation, um, the conditions of the game, and and the wicket. You'd not, you'd understand then what your best ball in that situation is going to be to to either get a dot ball or get a wicket, um, and then you'd go to that, and in between that you're probably mixing um, at the death with either a yorker or a wide yorker. Um, fast just to try and yeah limit the damage that I suppose you can get hit for and um just try and put as I suppose you go try and put as much things in your favor as you can and um and back to that that's gonna help you have the outcome you want. And same thing if if they're good enough to hit a wide Yorker for, for four or six over cover, then that's something you can probably deal with. Yeah. Um, and that's something that potentially can happen. But if you go away from that and and just bowl a uh, I suppose a, a long half volley or something you get hit back over your head to six. That's when you might get annoyed with yourself. So um, yeah, I think you just go try and put as much things in your favour as you can, and um, and from there just volley that that'll that'll win for you.
0: Oh well, yeah, that that's that's interesting, uh, you know, point right. Pick the batsman that you are uh, that you favour to bowling to that I haven't heard anywhere, uh, which is pretty cool. And I think yeah, mixing up our, our bowling those yorkers, uh, I think, and and uh, you know, get, finding a way to get a couple of dots or you know. No, uh, the singles are, are crucial and then funny and the uh, important and not important. But the fact is Sachin also bowled the uh, last ball. I think they need to score two and Sachin or four or three. I guess I don't know. I don't exactly remember, but Sachin bowled the Yorker in yeah. um, the last ball to defend it. Cool. Thanks. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, and we'll and let's wrap up with one last question. Um, So and which is something that I ask across in all the interviews, which is also pretty interesting. Yeah. So can you help us learn something in two minutes that took very long for you to learn?
1: Yeah, I looked at that one. It's a really good question. I think for me, what sort of resonated with me was from a cricket point of view, it was probably the off-field balance. Um, But if you can have things outside of cricket that um, you enjoy and that can take your mind off it, um, that can also help massively with Mm -hmm. your on-field performance. And it can also mean that when you go to training, you're able to put 110% into it. you are mentally and physically sharp where sometimes if you if you don't have anything going on outside of cricket and you're so consumed by it that you can get to training and sort of be a bit burnt out so I think over the last few years I've sort of learned the importance of of being able to switch off when I'm away from cricket not being consumed um, by it 24-7 yeah it's been really important for me so yeah I think for me that's sort of something that's always evolving and you're always looking I suppose to for new things to be able to do outside of cricket that, that can take your mind off it and that you enjoy um which helps massively on the field
0: exactly um that that is so true uh, and I think that uh, that I mean that major applies to all the all the games but also even you know work uh, you know the regular IT or any work that you do you know finding a way to take time off or you know get, I think uh, calm the nose down. I think it will help us think through those scenarios which uh, which we normally miss if we are in that particular scenarios or if we are going through the same, you know, that particular phase, right? Uh, I think yeah. I think that's very crucial. And 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 uh, thanks thanks for sharing it. Um, cool. Uh, thanks again, Todd, uh, for for uh, sharing all the insights about the training and sharing you uh, sharing all the tips, and and. Um, yeah, and, and more information that, that can help many many other players. Uh and, and it was a really good good conversation that I that I thoroughly enjoyed. And and th- thanks for your time and effort.
1: No, no worries at all, mate. Thank you very much for having me on. And yeah, I hope that sort of throughout that episode that some people can have some takeaways of, of things that I've been able to learn and gone through. And um yeah, no, I really enjoyed that. So thank you and, and all the best with everything going forward.
0: Cool. Thank you. And and I'm very sure people have, you know, so much to take away in this episode. And and with with this episode, you know, I I also kind of understood why you are also one of the you know next pick to the Nathan and Lion, right because of uh your your you know the way that you're thinking or strategizing or you know the way you're taking the game i think i can totally see um you being in the big field uh, i really hope to do you know one more episode you know once you once you um get to the international stage and and uh, hopefully you'll, ha- you'll have time for me no
1: yeah that'd be that'd be really cool hopefully hopefully that can happen
0: God, that will happen. I'm I'm totally sure. And 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 thanks thanks again, Todd. Uh, wish you all Bye. the best, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you very much, mate. Thank you. Thank you for watching the video. I hope you really learned something from it. If you like what you saw, please don't forget to follow and subscribe for more quality and authentic content. This is where you get it.